It's exciting. Okay, hello, hello. Uh, my name's Erin Weil. I am the co-founder of Film Roundtable and also stand with production, a unionization movement uh, for production folks. And um, I'm here today for a really beautiful talk we're gonna have. So before I introduce everyone, I just wanna take a moment um, since we began uh, this uh, podcast uh, during COVID, at the beginning of COVID, uh, we always like to take a moment and honor all of the people who've died uh, during this time. So at this moment today, we're on November 4th, uh, 2022. Um, there has been a total of 6.6 .6 million worldwide deaths as of today. Um, and in the U.S., there's been uh, 1.07 uh, million deaths. Um, and then we also like to take a moment and um, take a moment of silence and honor all of our black and brown brothers and sisters, all of our First Nations brothers and sisters who have been killed by random um, by senseless acts of police brutality and other uh, uh, acts of brutality uh, in general. So we just want to take a moment and honor that. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Um, so today, uh, we are going to be talking to the filmmaker of the movie You Resemble Me. Um, so I would like to introduce the Egyptian American director, Dina Amer. Um, she is going to be speaking with her really dear sister friend, I think, here, um, <laughs> who is an actress. Um, she's a Palestinian Egyptian actress. And um, her name is May uh, Kalam Kalamawi. <laughs> and then um, the moderator today is gonna be my friend, Sean Glass, who was the executive producer on this film. And uh, this film has actually been uh, self-released. And Sean has been doing all of that with the producer on the film, Elizabeth Woodward. So it's super exciting. And I think we'll have another roundtable shortly with uh, Sean and Elizabeth to talk a little bit about what it is to actually self-release a film. And it seems like these, the two of them did an amazing job because it's being released um, today in New York. Uh, November 11th in Los Angeles, and then on the 15th of November nationwide. And he kind of, he'll talk about it during the uh, the talk today, but I think there's like 50 theaters, which is really incredible that they did that on their own. I'm not surprised knowing Sean, but uh, it's very incredible. Elizabeth, so, Elizabeth. Uh, and Elizabeth too, I'm sorry. She's not- No, 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 I'm, I'm saying not Elizabeth you. too. But we definitely honor Elizabeth, Elizabeth too. Like, She's Elizabeth the producer on this. Boss. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Dina you know, made an amazing film and Elizabeth booked all the theaters. I'm so honored to be associated at all. Amazing. Yeah. Mm. That's really quite, quite a, um, you know, what you did. I mean, it's amazing to self self-release something. So congratulations to thank you. Both. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let's, um, so without further ado, you know, why don't you guys take it away and just, we'll start chatting. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Aaron, and thank you, Maria, and and everyone at Film Roundtable for having us. Um, yeah, Dina, uh, this is exciting. This is so. It's we're recording this on November fourth. The movies uh, just started screening for the public. We did a preview the other night. 
with Rami Youssef uh, and that sold out and it was a while. It was a really wonderful, I'd say that was my most fun uh, since Venice. That was the most fun viewing experience we've had. It was packed. Nobody left. Like you, you guys talked for an hour after we had talk house <laughs> your talk and no one left the theater. Like everyone stayed, they wanted pictures with you. And like, it was so, it was, it was beautiful. It was like such a celebration and everyone heard about it through, you know, a million different, like I kept getting anecdotes of like who people heard about it from. And then, you know, I guess what, what brings that in with May here is that, you know, Rami was such a wonderful partner to, to present that with. And, you know, May and Rami have a history together, make beautiful, uh, beautiful show together. Um, and yeah, this is great that we get to dive into it. I know that the two of you are, are friends as well and coming through the Egyptian angle. We were just, wh when we got on this Zoom, we were having like, May and I went to the same college and we were talking about like Chocolate Cake City, her troop from school. And then we were talking about pronunciations and, and distinctions of, you know, Egyptian, Egyptian American, Palestinian, Palestinian American, not. Um, and yeah, so I, I don't know where to, to kick it off, but I think that the 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 Rami experience the other night was really wonderful and to have May pick up from there it's just all a lot of love for this film and um you know first of all congrats to Dina and thank you May for helping us bring it out oh my gosh congrats to all of you I'm so excited to be here and I have okay we need to discuss <laughs> Dina and I met 15 years ago yes directly like we knew of each other's energy. <laughs> we knew of the existence of the other and we never really crossed paths in yeah. human form. And then five <laughs> years ago is when we did. Um, and we had such a nice instant random connection. Um, and I, 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 I don't know, I guess like since I've really known you, the really known you directly, you have been making this movie. And when I met you, it was kind of like you were, you had like an inner turmoil. I remember because you had so much passion, you wanted to get this movie out there. And there were, there, there it's, it felt like there were still missing parts that you were like still trying to put together and you had your own experience like you were telling the story and you also were very clear about not wanting to let yourself tell a story that you needed to also be like a martyr in some ways I remember you like and it was so interesting because I didn't really know what the film was about to see Dina have this like inner struggle as well because of how involved she became with the actual film um and I want to get into that but I that's very I, interesting I, yeah 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 <laughs> I mean I was just watching you talk about it I had no idea what it was like to even make a film I'm like I was an actor and I think I was filming season one of Rami at the time so it was like yep. very early days for me in the industry and I looked up to you so much because mm. 
for me, one of my biggest struggles has been trusting myself and learning to trust myself. And I saw a, like a woman in you, like you cannot make a movie without trusting yourself. Yeah. I mean, even down to who you include in the process, even if you're asking a lot of people, you are trusting yourself in those people, you know, and, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and that was something that I, I really admired. Um, I guess the first question is, how are you feeling? You know, it's, it's such a reflective moment. And it's so interesting, like now that the film exists, the baby's been born. Right. And she's walking and talking on her own and she's in theaters and she's just having this direct experiences with audiences. I sometimes forget just how intense the, the journey was. And now I'm hearing from dear friends like you, like just snippets of like, wow, I really I had kind of lost my mind while I was trying to make this film. Like, like I had. One of my friends, one of my best friends reflected me. She was like, Dina, you know, you, she's like, you like died to make this film. Mm -hmm. She's like, we didn't see you. We didn't hang out with you. Like everything for the past couple of years was this film and that's it. And, and, and I, and I, you know, it's, it was a big inner struggle to, to make this film. And, and it's like, I, I, now, I now feel the urgency to tell other filmmakers or, or artists who are struggling to get their, their project on, you know, off the ground. I, I, I feel like telling them like, listen, you're gonna have so many breakdowns. It's gonna suck for a long time. You're gonna think you're a loser. You're gonna think that no, like, no one cares or no one wants to help you, but just keep freaking going. You have to, if it's worthwhile, if it's really something that in your gut, you feel like this matters and this is important. People can, and I know I care. I know others will care if it's executed. Then you have to, you have no choice but to keep going. And like, you know, it's interesting. You give up so much. It takes so much to make a film. So much blood, sweat and tears, right? Not just from yourself, but from a collective because you have to also inspire and galvanize a whole group of other people. It's not an independent sport, it's a collaborative sport mm -hmm. to like, you can't make a film by yourself, right? Like mm -hmm. you have to rely on others. And, and it, but in the end, what you give up, if you keep the course, and it's a hard course to keep, you yeah. gain so much more, infinitely more, you know? Because it, it changes you, it's transformative. And, and, and you kind of come out of it also realizing like now as we're releasing you understand that like it is a marathon and every stage of it needs all of you you know like that's that's the thing it's a full-time job but when you care about something that deeply and it's in your like groin <laughs> you know what I mean like that's how intense it is you know what I mean it's like you know then you have it's not rational it's just, yeah, I it just this is something as part of you that it was almost like you <clears throat> had a limb to grow through this film. Like you didn't have a choice but to make this film. And so much of you changed as well, like yeah. on, from like a cellular 
you know, that, that yes. deep. Yes, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Like there've been different, because you've been doing this for seven years. Yeah. 2023 will be seven years. Yeah. Gina, talk, go back for a second, because a lot of people are going to listen to this that don't know the background. And this is a great opportunity, kind of like the amount of ways you're connected to this film. Like, it's not normal. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, you really care about, like, I guess, you know, just like filling in between the lines of what, of what they're saying right now. I don't want to take for granted that the rest of the listeners understand this. Like, it's not like, oh, you're so passionate about your art and you have to, it's not like what mm -hmm. other people when because everyone says that, you know, but you're tied to this movie in just straight up more ways than the average writer, director, yeah. pseudo actress in the film. Like, tell a little bit about that. So I, I, you know, never thought I would have made a, a story, you know, in, in France are about terrorism. And quite frankly, I don't feel the film is about terrorism. For me, it's about a woman who's struggling with her identity and trying to exist on her own terms. And what happens when, when, you, when you can't manage to find the harmony in, in, in being a multi-hyphenate woman, and, you know, when the world is telling you that these pieces of who you are are in contradiction with each other you know that like you can't be muslim and you know modern and also connect to your mother country and like just pick and choose who you want to be and what you want to take from and in expressing who you are and you know in the world like that's a very that's like a tightrope that i feel like every single day i'm still navigating but i believe much more unapologetically which is good and i feel like more more women and more People should, you know, really embrace that integration of self because when you do, there's, um, it's like you can embrace even the parts of you that are really ugly and really broken and, and or, or the parts of you that people say, well, that doesn't fit into like a clear box, you know? So like, and you say, yeah, it doesn't fit into a clear box and guess what? I don't care <laughs> because like, this is who I am. And like, from that point, I believe, we all can contribute so much more, infinitely, right? But I, I actually was in Paris at the scene after this bomb had gone off in the hood outside of Paris, right? And like I reported because at the time I was a journalist working for, you know, the New York Times and for Vice. Uh, you know, that assignment was Vice, but I was on the ground. I reported on air that I, that Hasna was the first female suicide bomber you know, which turned out to be fake news. And I remember like all the Muslim women in the neighborhood being like freaked out, being like, who is this chick who rolled up out of nowhere called Hasna, who was like known to us as like the cowgirl of the hood. She was always wearing a cowboy hat, cowboy boots. And like, she was like a wild, a wild girl who like, like, you know, was like partied and like that fun and would get into trouble. Like she was not the representation of like, uh, the Muslim woman in the neighborhood, you know, like far from it. And yet within like less than 10 months, she, she started to change and started to wear the niqab. And then lo and behold, helped her cousin find this hideout. And her cousin was the mastermind of the attacks. And she was at the center of it all. Right. And so I reported this news. It turned out that it was fake news. She didn't actually set off the bomb. The police had confirmed that, but the damage was done. It was all over the world on every single news outlet. I found her family. You know, her mom had turned away every single 
like filmmaker or journalist who's interested in speaking to her, but she let me in because she felt like I resembled her daughter who she had abandoned. And so, you know, from that point of resemblance, this whole film really started. I went down that rabbit hole and the family really embraced me because they felt like I was like, Hasna, and they'd be like, "Oh, Hasna!" Like they refer to me as her. I'd be like, "Guys, I'm not Hasna, I'm Dina." You know what I mean? Like, but there was a big blur, and and from there, you know, I, I, you know, just to back up a little bit, you know, I had gotten this full scholarship to go to NYU and study fiction film, and Spike Lee was my professor there, and you know, I had written the early drafts of the script, and I, I honestly was at this crossroads because. Even though I had a full scholarship, there were still some fees to pay and I didn't have the money at the time. I was like, Spike, what do I do? And he's like, he's like, pray on it. And I'm like, okay. And I, okay, I will. Thank you so much. But like, what else do you think I should do? <laughs> Something tangible. <laughs> and he's like, you know, go make your film, you know? And, and I, so I dropped out and I basically kind of moved to Paris and knocked on the doors of everyone's house who knew Hasna and did over like 360 hours of interviews and, and gained the trust of a community who felt very vilified by the media and were afraid of cameras, but they felt like they could trust me because I came in as someone who spoke Arabic, was Muslim, was a woman, but was not French. So there was room for me to grow and learn. And I wasn't coming in with judgment. I just wanted to understand. Um, and so that was basically the genesis of it all. And, you know, at one point I had this big studio deal, um, multi-million dollar deal. And I, I ended up walking away from the deal at the final hour because they wanted me to turn the, the film more into a documentary. And I really believe that these characters des- deserve to exist in complexity through fiction and for, to allow an audience to have intimacy to them. That was important to me. Um, and so I, I left the deal and I like kind of just like moved in with my sister, slept on her couch and like her internship money kept me fed. Like it was hard freaking times. It really was for a what very I long think, time. What, what I think is really powerful about your sort of creative focus on this is that like docufiction is really basic and it's popular and it's like, oh, true crime, blah, blah, blah. You made a metafiction film, which like the title has three layers to it. Yeah. And you held on to that. The, the movie's about identity. It's not about, you know, let's just like, there's an article about the story. You want to know the story? Like read the article, whatever. Exactly. That's, that's docudramas. Like, fuck that. Sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse, but like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you, you wanted to stick to the metafiction aspect of it, which made it emotionally uh, realistic, not yeah. just factually realistic. It was emotionally. The intimacy was what, was golden to me and that well, that's what grips you that's what you that's what we leave remembering how we felt like you watch a documentary and there are all these facts I'm never I don't always remember the facts <laughs> you know I'm like and who cares about them they, they these like we're, we're just experiencing something else but we're not feeling anything towards it and at the end you we connect when it's a human story that we relate to and that's what you were able to bring with this. I mean, I, I'm watching the sisters was probably one of my favorite parts. And I really want to know how you, how you found them and how you cast them and what working with them was like, because they're pretty young, right? 
Yes, they're 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 very young. They've never acted before. They like basically. Um, I found them. It was funny because I was working with this French producer at the time, and I was like, I, "It's really important for me to shoot um, within like the spring break holiday for children, you know, which was like coming up soon." And the French producer was like, "Like, no way, Dina! Like, you're unrealistic! Like, that's around the corner! Like, it takes months." to find good child actors, you know? You're gonna have to go through thousands of, of kids to find the right ones. And I was like, well, who knows? Maybe I'll meet them on the first day. And she's like, yeah, sure, right, whatever, you know? And I went to the casting. And it was, it was street casting, you know? It was, it was kids who had never acted before, mm-hmm. but were from the, from the hood. And these two little girls who are real sisters, Lorenza and Ilona, who are half Algerian and, and half like, you know, uh, Italian, Spanish, um, uh, basically showed up and I knew instantly these were the girls, like without like a, without even like a hesitation. I was like, we can cancel the rest of the auditions. Like, that was I, on your I second found day them. or your first, first day. day. That's something that I love up. about you, Dina, is you move in a way where you're like, this is what's going to happen. And <laughs> <laughs> no, no, really. I think that a lot of people are around because Dina can be like a, 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 a like a tornado sometimes, she's like a Tasmanian <laughs> devil. She's like here and then she's not. And I've never worried about you. <laughs> never. Because I'm always like, she finds her way and you, you call in the experience that you want. And I will put money down that there are so many people on this project, like in certain moments that we're like, this thing's not going to happen. Like, oh yeah. Her idea of what's going to, and you make it happen. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with your faith and just your direction and your belief and your, um, your love for the project. Like your intention in making this supersedes like trying to just make a film to make a film. There is like what you had just spoken about. Like it, it fell into your lap and you had no choice but to make it, you had to just surrender. You surrendering was making the movie. And if, you know, you would have just been resisting had you not done it because everything was pulling you in. Like the fact that the mom didn't even want to speak to anyone but you and you reminded her whether it was your energy or how you looked. Like, this isn't normal. I don't hear people always no, it's saying, not normal. like I did the movie because like I resembled the person. And no, you know, so... I, I, mean, I just think there's something about you and you have to just get me, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what it is? It's honestly what you touched upon, which is like, and I think you have this and this is why we're, we love each other so much. It's, it's this um, vibration of faith and that really, I think, anchors us and becomes a lifeline and becomes our true compass, you know? And I think especially as artists, people have chosen this profession where there's so much instability and there's nothing that's guaranteed constantly. Even when you have, you know, a great breakout performance or still you're always kind of pushing into the unknown because you don't know where the next product is gonna come from, right? And um, I think that requires you to believe that it's possible constantly and to rely on something like bigger than you, you know, like, I I think like, I think that like, thankfully 
and I hope this 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 continues, you know, in in our careers, really, because it 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 is really everything. There is nothing else. It's like this focus on intentionality and this willingness to kind of like surrender, uh, knowing that things will be okay. <laughs> You know I mean, like, which is a big free fall, you know, where it's like, mm-hmm. and it's like, even if I, even if I, you know, I fell so many times in trying to make this project, which I think like everybody, everyone who's, who's an artist try, falls, right? But like, mm-hmm. I think to get back up and not just say, screw it, that's an act of faith. Yeah. Because you, I remember, I, I'll never forget when I was in Paris and my, like one of my DPs, He's French and he's like, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's secular and like atheist and like, doesn't believe at all in anything. He's like, it's just worms. in the end. you know what I mean, we just get eaten by worms. And, and, and yet, yet he, he was dropping off a drive to me that had some footage and like, he like sat down on the couch and was like, okay, you like want to have a conversation? Like, what's up? And he's like, how did you keep going all these years with all these like obstacles and, and, you know, rejections, et cetera. I'm like, I guess you just have to be a little bit crazy. And he's like, no, I don't think so. He's like, I think it's faith. And to hear that from someone who is secular, I was like, yeah, it's, it's beyond a denomination or religion. It's, it's something that is so, I don't know, like, well, it's just, just, yeah, it's deeper than I think we can intellectualize. You know, it's just like, it informs how we move and, um, we can st- we can like step into a direction even when there's it's like it's it's like we're going to Hogwarts and we're at the platform and we can walk through it because we just we know there's something there where I think a lot of people um, that I've experienced being around sometimes are like it's a brick wall like what do you mean you're gonna walk through it and I mm. know I I've, I've personally I I see when I irritate people around me sometimes when I'm like I'm gonna do this thing or. I really like look at it this way and they're like how how can you look at it that way like how and I'm like wow I don't know right and I'm not manipulating um and I know I'm not crazy so I think it's like a really sacred part because I don't think you don't see the logical side of things you know, I think it's like, you're not like, no, I'm up here. You're, you're like, you can see the whole picture, but you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, cool. But I'm like, I'm moving this way instead. Right. So yes. calling me here. Yes. Um, and that's, but, it's like, you have the awareness. But it's also an awareness that I rely on that current that is, that, that is bigger than us for every single step of this journey like from being able to knock on people's doors and believe that they can actually you know trust in me and welcome me into their homes when it's a very sensitive story you know and like there's a lot of pain there and why would they but be like no I know my intention and I know that maybe they'll they'll be able to connect to that and you know what I mean to like writing the scripts and being like, well, now there's this incredible true story, but like, what do I keep? Or how do I streamline this into like, you know, uh, a 90 minute story that is accessible? Like it all for me requires this, this kind of like surrender and listening, mm-hmm. deep listening. Were there, 
were there more than one scenes that you were so attached to that you had to take out? Oh my God, are you kidding me? This was like, there were so, it's wild because you constantly get humbled as you're putting the film together. Like there's the, there's the essence, the, the flicker of, of, of like the flame of the story that like pulls you in. And that becomes, that should be like what keeps you going across. Like you should never forget that. You should never forget why you like dropped into the story. Yeah. Why, what you hooked into. You know what I mean? For me, the hook was, oh, this woman's like, like me. You know, she's just trying to navigate, navigate a complicated identity on her own terms. And she feels quite fractured. I know what that is deeply. Mm. And, and from there, that was a jumping off point, right? And so like the whole entire narrative became shaped through that, through that truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then like, I feel as you're like sculpting the film into its like, into it into form there are so many things that are like oh yeah the film has to start with this right and then sometimes like as you're editing down you're like actually no that's not precious anymore what's sacred like what becomes sacred I feel like you have to kind of decide like what that thing is it's like it's it's one thing it's like one thing that's an essential truth that runs throughout the entire film and it's like an arrow you shoot from the beginning till the end you know, that's mm-hmm. underpinning everything. And I felt for me, that was that point of resemblance and the fracture of self, you know? And I think that like, that's what keeps from, at least for myself, that's what keeps the storytelling um, personal and, and, and clear in a way. I love what you were saying about who Hasna was and where she was from and how, she, how, how we're forced to fit into a box. And I think it's like just the decision or just having to choose or being able to choose as a woman and having choice is such like a, it's a, it's a world of its own to like dig into because most women I can argue will say they are choosing. And then I would challenge, are you choosing though? Or is Mm -hmm. it? Is it society and is it, you know, text? Is it what we think we should choose that we have learned to like, you know, and learn to be like within this choice that I probably have to make, what would be the best version of it that I would sit comfortably in it, you know? And it's like, if you strip away everything, what is your choice? And I think someone, and I think when you naturally don't fit into one box, um, you're faced with that question a bit more because you're like, well, what are my choices? I could, I, I have like choices in this box, choices in this box, choices that I have to abide by. Um, and what if I want to pick and choose? But if I pick and choose, I'm not going to like be doing right by one of the boxes. Yes. Um, and so I think that's where a lot of women get stuck and maybe start to doubt themselves or get lost and don't know who they are because um, the choices conflict. And it's all about how do we, how do we figure out our choice? Like our authentic choice 
and the direction we want to go in with the freedom that it can change over our lifetime. Mm. Um, that's like a really special place that I don't think we dip into enough. And I, I mean, especially as women, I'm more concerned about women, honestly. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I, and so I, naturally women are, um, we're, we're, we're made to feel more responsible for everyone around us. Um, for everyone's feelings and there are even studies now that like 70 years ago um, autoimmune was like one woman to one man had it and now it's like three women to one man and 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 a lot of it is emotional and what wow. is put on a woman and so I just think it's it's really interesting because that choice gets pulled from a woman and when it mm -hmm. does get pulled and it's more like how do I take care of everyone else and not me um, yes things start to happen reactions start to happen like we combust in certain ways mm -hmm. we, we make choices out of desperation you know to to try to fit in anywhere and it gets extreme mm -hmm. um, so that's mm -hmm. just what made me think of when you said like she just didn't even know what to choose didn't know yeah. where, where to go um and I, I think a lot of times women are sort of like funneled into these positions by society. Um, I, I think that's a really profound point to make, you know, it, it, it's, and it, it's, um, I think, I think that like sometimes <laughs> men forget that women are like, and, and, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not like one of those people who are like, yeah, like we need to knock men down. Like I'm not, I'm not about that at all. You know what I mean? Like I think men have learning and I feel like, I think this generation is also like a rude awakening for a lot of men. And I think that's really positive, you know? Um, but I think that there's a lot of really good men in the world as well. And I think that men are caretakers in a, in a, in a, and you know, in a huge way as well, you know? And I think that those those men also need to be um kind of like like you know they, they they shouldn't be forgotten you know like we shouldn't just like delete them in, in the rhetoric but I, I think that yeah there's a lot of pressure on women to exist in multiplicity and to carry it at all with a smile you know and, and it's like and it's like and to take care of everyone and like you know um and I mean, just be a certain way yeah and like you know maybe but when you are inherently from like maybe if, if if Hasna was like just from one place you know and didn't grow up in France and yeah you might have like easy more easily slipped into sort of like uh it might have been easier right but totally it's, it's when totally. you are like you start off your your seed is like not in one pot it's like somehow divided and you're like, why do I feel separated in some way? Um, yes. And like you don't belong to anyway. like grow from every pot. Yeah. You're not taught like, well, shine bright and grow from every pot and like join in some area. Like it's more like pick a pot and you're like, but I feel really like broken. Just, I don't feel whole in one pot because it's yeah. more than one pot. Yes. Um, and when I go to different, when I go to each pot, I'm told that I don't fully belong you know, yeah. that I'm not so this, I'm actually do? that. And then I go to the other part and like, oh no, no, you're not this, you're, you're over there. And it's like, do you feel like you're actually lost with like, you know, you're a misfit to, 
to you know the the religious community uh to you know to to, to national loyalties because you're like divided across different lines like it's like where can you call home and like what's really I could relate to that being, you know, I was born in the U.S., but my parents are both Egyptian and, you know, they would shuttle us back and forth between here and Egypt. And I, you know, lived with my grandmother for two years in Egypt. And like, you know what I mean, like, and growing up in the U.S. being my mom, I never, I'll never forget, like, when I was very young, telling me, like, Dina, you can be best friends with Jennifer, but you'll never be Jennifer. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, you know, wow. yeah, she's like. We love but in Jennifer. What, in what She's great. In what sense? Like you but, won't follow Jennifer's like, values, or we're never gonna allow you to have the same, uh, mm. the same like permissions as 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 Jennifer. She has yeah. a different rule book than you do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not. You know, like we love her. She's great. But like, you're not gonna be yeah. bringing your boyfriend home here and closing the door. Like that's not gonna happen. Not you know. That's not who we are. You know. But yet, it's it's a hard ask because you want me. To, to make, you know, to be fully assimilated into my school and like have lots of friends and feel like I can belong, but like don't belong too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And then, and then it's like, um, it's, it's, a, it's like, it's a very difficult ask that, mm-hmm. is, that is being put upon me. You know what I mean? And it's like, and then, and then I remember like going back to Egypt and feeling also like, oh, just being called like, the American girl, you know what I mean? Or the girl from Miami, because that's where I grew up. I mean, like, oh, Dina Miami. I was like, wait, like, but I'm also Egyptian, Dina guys. Miami. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dina Miami, I used to dance. Like, Dina Miami, the dancer. And I was like, guys, but I'm, I'm also Egyptian. I want to be wow. one of you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there, there's so many rules, right? Like, yeah. you know, if you didn't grow up here and go to a school here and talk like us and, and, and just have that upbringing, you're not, actually egyptian and you're like exactly and your air your accents yeah 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 Yeah, but what are all these rules and why are they making you feel safe in this world it's like giving you validation in some way that you've abided or you fit within them and you can tell someone else that they're not fully it like why does it even matter i know that's what i I, um but we can go down that a lot. I want to go back to the film and I want to know how you feel about, because I know I, I always ask you this question, but like the three Hasnas. Yes, um, yes, yes. And I've asked you this, but I think it's cool just to ask it on, on this podcast is talk about, talk about like all of that, like how you decided one or was it a start with three and then the back and forth and then your decision well I think it's I think it's also important to say you know just to like kind of tie up that last question you know because I was thinking about how Hasna you know she was she her parents are Moroccan right she was born and raised in, in France and she like when she died I actually went to the morgue I saw her. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. I went to the mall. It was crazy. I know. I, 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 there, oh, there's wow, I a lot that. of so many crazy stories with in making. I don't think film. I knew this part either, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I, I as I told, like, I knocked on the door and met the mom. A week later, she's like, "Come with me to the morgue to see Hasna." Right. So I went, and uh, that's where I met her sister Miriam for the first time, and some of Hasna's friends 
who were these girls from the hood who were in like ripped jeans, like fake nails, like hair extensions, like not girls you think are like best friends with like, you know, the Islamic girl, like not at all. These are like tough girls who could like knife you. You know what I mean? Who like, so, and I remember we were waiting in the morgue to see the body and the coroner comes in and she's this white woman and she's um wearing like this big diamond ring on her hand and like very like chic. And she's explaining to us what, to us what we're about to see the body preparing us she's like you know uh her nose is decomposed and so are her lips but her head is still attached to her body thankfully and like we're like this is like super surreal conversation right and everyone's dead quiet and then all of a sudden Miriam, the sister interjects and she's like do you know where the body of my cousin is abdul hamid Abaud, who was like the mastermind of the attacks and the coroner's like uh no, I don't know. And Miriam's like, well, I'd like for you to find his body and I'd like for you to feed it to pigs. And the coroner is like, we don't, we don't judge here. We treat all bodies with respect. And Miriam's like, well, this man is a, you know, is a monster. He's responsible for killing 130 people and he brainwashed my sister. And this body you're describing, I don't even know what that is. If you want to see who, who my sister was, I'll show you. And she takes out her iPhone and starts swiping through images of Hasna with her cowboy hat on, taking shots at the beach, like partying. She's like, this is my sister. She's broken. She had no idea who she was. But she couldn't kill anybody. And he took advantage of that. And we go in to see the body and, and Hasna's body is like behind this like glass casing. Like it's as if you're like at the Louvre, like, you know, witnessing one of the mummies, you know? Wow. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. And like... And Miriam is up against the glass and she's hysterically crying. And the mother is in the halfway point in the room. She's doing these loud incantations of prayer. And I'm in the back, like something in my body, like I'm, I'm brave, but even me, like I, something in my body locked. Like, I'm like, I can't get up close. This is as far as I can go, you know? And um, the coroner is standing next to me, like in like disbelief, like, is this, like, where are we? Are we even in France? And like, it's so surreal because like, this is like the family that was like kind of responsible in a way for these attacks. Like these two cousins, I mean, Hassa didn't kill anybody, but she helped her cousin find that hideout. Right. And so as we're, as we're leaving, uh, you know, Miriam is so hysterical and, you know, Hassan's friends are helping her downstairs and she's telling her mom, like, you know, thank God her head was attached to her. I was so worried because there were tabloids that said crazy things about her head, like rolling down the streets or things like this. You know what I mean? Like it was all so sensationalized. And this is someone's sister. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like so tasteless. And like, um, uh, and, and, and I remember the mother, like reaching over to Miriam while she was crying and taking her hands. And she's like, do you have, why do you have a nail polish on? Like nail polish is of the devil. Why did you do such what? a thing? Yeah. In and that Mary, moment? In that moment. And Miriam just stopped crying. And she looked at her sister and she's like, you know, there was nothing wrong with my sister. The only problem she had was that she was born into this family. And I want to get as wow. far. Wait, wait, she said that to her mom? To her mom. Mm. And I want to get as far away from all of you as possible. And she left. And that's when I knew, okay, this wasn't like some 
terror story. This was a story about a broken family and about a woman who was trying to like live between worlds, you know, like how do I please my mom who's mentally unwell and also has these like, you know, really extremist ideas, you know, about like how I should live as a woman. Um, and, and how do I just also like fit into my friend circle who are like, just like girls from the hood who are like wearing ripped mm-hmm. jeans and you know what I mean? And how do I like, how do I just navigate like just being a woman in, with this identity? And, you know, in terms of like belonging, like, like it's, it take it goes so far that even in death, Hasna couldn't find a home. Like her body was considered evidence of the French state. So she was like the, the, the French authorities refused to bury her for five months, even though that's like Islamically, like that's, that's like so wrong. Like, you know, according to tradition, you have to be buried immediately. And, and then, you know, the family wanted to send the body to Morocco. And the king of Morocco was like, we refuse to bury her here. She's no daughter of ours. She only brought us shame. Yeah. So even in death and she, and, and, you know, her, in order to bury her, Miriam had to basically, they had no money and she had to like, you know, instead of going, getting money she had saved for like a, for some like educational program, she went, used it towards burying her sister, finally, finally laying her to rest. But it was like in an unmarked grave, you know, like they could not put her name or anything. It's just like, you know, she's just, it's just interesting. Wow. Yeah. That like, yeah. even in death, she 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 had no home and she belonged nowhere. That's in and Paris. No one, yeah, wanted to accept yeah. her. No one wanted to accept her. You know, and like that was her struggle throughout her life, and even and it kind of continued, right? Um, and it, and it's it's just like, yeah, I guess I guess it's it's some it just makes me sometimes ask myself, like even at this age in my life, like you know, I am Egyptian, right? And I am also American. And, and yet, like, I don't, I, I still don't fully know where home is, to be very honest. You know, like, I love Egypt so much. And I'm, I'm so proud to, to, to be carrying, you know, that lineage, you know, and that history. Um, and those ancestors, right? A hundred percent. And I'm grateful that my father immigrated to the U.S. and that I mm-hmm. had certain opportunities because of that. Absolutely. But it's like uh, nowhere ever feels like home, which is which is interesting, yeah. you know. So 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 yeah. Yeah, I got it. I grew up in Bahrain. Yeah, I was about to say, May I, must relate to this even more. Yeah, I, like I don't consider Bahrain home either, you know. And I don't. I lived here. I don't know for ten years now, but I don't. I don't know that I consider here home either. And I've, I've never lived in Palestine or Egypt. Um, so that's not home. But it's not something that plagues me because mm. ultimately I, I feel like I've felt full. And maybe it's the lack of knowing what a home feels like or what that attachment is. Um, but I would, I don't know, I, I would challenge that because I, for me, home has just become, turned into like where my family are and community um and where I make it but yeah 
but yeah, I mean, what is home? What home? Does that mean like, it's like your lineage and then you grew up there and then that's your home? Or is it just like the place you like ultimate home or it's, I, I, cause we're all from everywhere. I mean, if we're going to, I think the world is catching up to that. Like, I think this is becoming a more universal feeling that this is something that, you know, generations past, it was a tragedy or something like that. If you didn't have that kind of grounding and you didn't know where. <laughs> no, you it's were. true. It's true. And now Absolutely. it's just normal. It's like, we're all intermixed and we're all traveling, you know, we're all living in different places. Like back in the day, you couldn't, you know, picking up and moving the family somewhere was like, it was a major, you know, only a few people did, but now it's like standard. So yeah. I think a lot of people are coming to feel what you know what, what you're describing and it's becoming more relatable and more um you know it's it's kind of just the way and there's yeah. more of an acceptance there's more of an acceptance yeah, of people all who together. are who are different um, yeah that's becoming yeah. more exciting in some ways it, so it's that, interesting there's a curiosity there it's interesting because my, my grandmother's uh one of my grandmother's favorite films is gone with the wind and so like one of my earliest memories is like watching that movie with her it's like a huge like epic film and you know, the main character, Scarlett O'Hara, like, you know, she, she lives through the civil, American Civil War and she, she loses her great love at the end of the film. And, and, and all that is left is Tara, which is the land, you know, that her, mm-hmm. she, there's like this memory of her father saying, never forget, like she's, you know, her, you know, Rhett, Clark Gables, her, her, who she realizes actually her, her truest love like leaves her and she like falls on the on the soil and she's hysterically crying but then she has some soil in her hand and she's like and she remembers her father saying scarlet don't forget about tara <laughs> i mean and that like there's this message that like when all else is lost there will be this soil this land mm. that will carry you under its feet you know you know, it'll carry you and, 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 and you will find a way, you know? And, and, and I'm like, I love that. I just don't know where my Tara is. <laughs> but it's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere because the land is everywhere. Like we are the ones who have set lines and countries and I don't know what, that I just yeah. think that like, we can like go of some of these mm-hmm, rules, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Um, and because they're not real. I mean, I know what you're saying, but also it's not, it's not really a thing. And as people I, who have the privilege to like move around and travel and meet people who are similar to us in the different areas, we create this diaspora and we create these communities that I don't think it's always plagued in the same way. And that's why we make, we make film and TV so that people yeah. who maybe don't have those communities don't feel alone and know that that's a thing that can exist. Um, yeah. I want to I want to go back to the three Hasna question because I, yeah. I kind of like sidestep that, and I think that like ultimately my my mission in the film was to show that Hasna is actually every woman. You know what I mean? That she has like these universal needs of wanting to find belonging and love and consideration and and home and family, right? And like when those things are not met, people can make bad choices, like terrible choices that actually implicate all of us. And, you know, and then, you know, whether we want to notice or not, you know, they, you know, these individuals grab our attention in the worst way possible, 
you know? But like, I, I want, I really wanted to show that. And I'm, it's interesting because the other night when we had our screening um, with, with Rami and there was this Egyptian girl who came up to me and she was like, she was like thanking me for the film. And as she started speaking, she started like hysterically crying. She's like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm crying. I'm sorry. It's just that like this film really hit hard because she's like, I grew up with a really broken family and I get worried for myself sometimes. Like sometimes I ask myself, like, what would become of me if I didn't have certain opportunities? What, what, would, I, what would I choose? You know, what would I, what could I be like seduced into, you know, or like, where would I go to find a sense of, of comfort uh, and connection? And, and, and that really, that really shook me, you know, cause it's like, we're all operating with so much fragility. And it's like, I think in some way, human connection is even more vital than like food. You know what I mean, like, like, like we need it. Like there's this, even this is line in the Quran, which I love so much is like, you know, like, that we are created in pairs. We're not created in isolation to like just go pray on a mountaintop by ourselves. Like, no, 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 we're here to find each other and to like connect. And that it's, a, it's like actually oxygen for us, you know, to have that. Um, and I, I always loved that I love so that. much. Yeah. I love that so much and I really, I feel that I'm a creature of community. I love it's it's when I'm happiest around, around <laughs> the people that I love and um, the sisterhood and yeah, I, I think many women are gonna feel the way that that woman felt. And these are good questions to ask ourselves because it's not to say everyone who's in that situation is gonna make exactly you know, a decision like exactly that. exactly. But I think it's good to be aware of what like um, trauma can lead to and how it doesn't need to, right? We, I think awareness is everything. And that's one of the ama most amazing things about your movie is it's just bringing awareness. It's going cause and effect. This is like something that can happen. How do we be there for each other as a community? Know that we are not alone. Like when one person is still suffering, that means there's a part of us that is suffering. Like we are mm. in this together. I mm. don't know if that is ever going to fully be understood or if people will ever really care. Um, I mean, a lot of people care, but a lot of people don't care and they just want to point fingers and like other everyone else and be like, that's their experience. And um yeah a lot of people are more privileged than others too it I, I feel like it becomes a place of privilege not to care and a hundred percent but but see that's the point the, the, I think for me the purpose also of the film is that we have we don't have the luxury to not care because guess what like there are huge consequences and unfortunately, we live in a world where there's so much senseless violence, especially in this country. Look at like mass shootings are like uh, just an accepted reality that we're desensitized to. Right? And, and, and like, I don't want to just kind of turn my, turn my head and, and say, well, that, that's unfortunate. And, and I hope my, you know, I, I hope my loved ones or I don't get like, I hope you know, my kid doesn't. Yeah, exactly. My four -year -old yeah, 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 I mean, like, 
this was my desire to bring language, to crack open the humanity and the complication and the gray behind why and how someone could arrive to that choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that at the basis of it, the, the, there's a common, there's a common, um, there's a common kind of uh, humanity that like, there's a, there's a way to break it down that is, that feels like, oh, well, yeah, I understand what that, you know what I mean? I understand like how it feels, uh, how, you know, I, I understand on a, on a visceral level, what, like the struggle to sometimes feel like I belong. Like I, I can get where that point of, of, um, of, of like unrest, turmoil or chaos, where, where that really lives inside of someone, you know? Maybe it's not the same magnitude, but I, I, can, I can feel into it, you know? And, and therefore like there is a way to, I mean, hopefully stop other people for who are in similar situations, right? That's also my, 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 my ambition with it, you know? It's a criticism on like their like socioeconomic standing and what is offered to people who don't have the privilege or ability to like study in a certain way or yeah. make money or there's like a prejudice against how you look and what you what you can offer based on certain degrees that I think are just sometimes there to isolate people even more or give like institutions the ability to pick and choose who they want there um, because nothing is to say Hasna couldn't have really excelled in an area that maybe she didn't study maybe she didn't know anything about like I, I and so I I feel like the system which we all know is flawed someone who feels like they don't have an identity and has come from a quote-unquote broken home who has the money has a much different experience than someone who doesn't um not to say that theirs is better but there might be more opportunity for help Mm -hmm. and again it's just why your film is so good because it helps us see that I, I I hope that it would help us keep an open eye to like people who don't have money and who are struggling um they're people <laughs> and yeah. they're capable of the same things yeah. that everyone is capable of and they deserve that chance um I yeah, mean, as I always... a Palestinian woman, it's like something that I think about all the time. You know, people in Palestine are like a lot of times looked at as like a nuisance, you know, or like what are they, what are they there to offer? What and it's it's more about like, well, a lot, but also look at this flawed system. You know, the majority of the people there are like under 18 and the education system is is flawed. Not everyone gets to go. I mean, it, there's so much to go into it. You're looking at the end of like a result of an unfair situation and you're going, look at how they're acting. And it's like, hold on. <laughs> Why don't we give everyone an equal chance and then see how they act? Exactly, you know? exactly. Um, That's a great point. I And so yeah. I don't think Hasna and, and, and many people in, in like a situation that might really have had all these equal opportunities. And then even if they had, this is why we talk about mental health. This is why, because um, everyone needs to know that they're not alone and that they can, mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds so cliche now, um, but it's like, just know that so that you can find some help somewhere. Mm -hmm, There's always mm -hmm. someone willing to help.
um, moving Absolutely. in the direction that Hasna moved in is not, that is not normal. That is not okay. Going into like extremist um, versions of yourself to try to find like a home within your body. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know if anyone feels at home when they're living like a fundamentalist like mm -hmm. uh, lifestyle. And maybe that's why they're so um, pissed off <laughs> at the world, you know, and trying to control everything. A hundred percent. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. I, I yeah. really just think the film, you will meet it where you're at. And that's the case with like so many movies, obviously, and art just in general. Um, someone once told me, um, he's a poet and he teaches poetry and I took a class with him and he said a good poem doesn't tell you what it is so like there, there there is like the human mind kind of just likes to understand things and feel like it gets it and understands it fully and and and, and I don't want to put anyone down because like poetry is whatever someone is writing and expressing from their heart is beautiful but it's more like you don't want to be told that what you're reading about is like a star or 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 something. You you want to read it and maybe like have no idea what's going on and and then be like, I don't know why I started thinking about my grandma's refrigerator in one moment, like because of this <laughs> word here. And and he's like, that's a good poem because it's not telling you what it is and it's making something come up in you and you're having your own experience with what yeah, it is. Yeah. And I love that. And yes. I think that that your movie does that in some ways, because like, um, if you just look at it off the bat, it's like, okay, boom, 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 boom. This is what is happening. But people are going to leave having their own experience. And that mm -hmm. for me is, is art. Um, and, and you dared to go there with like a really difficult subject, Dina. Yeah. Which is really like, it really amazes me. Thank um, you, May. I'm thinking about my grandmother's that. refrigerator right now. Sorry. Is it, <laughs> was it filled with food? <laughs> it was. I'm like, why can't you, you know, take me, take me, take me there now, you know? It's making me hungry, actually. <laughs> Guys, talk a little bit about this, like, prompt here. Like, I, and I'm, like, opening up a little bit of a can of worms that, that we're definitely not going to, you know, get through. But the Islamophobia thread around yeah film you know, and may you've definitely like i, I we've, i've never talked to you about this but i have no doubt that you have you know things to say here um you know with your work you know dina in bringing this to the world where that has to me a lot of it has to do with like people not wanting complicated things like people yeah. have you know subscribing to the like okay i'm either this one or this one and this is what i project into the world my performative activism because I'm choosing this, this one, you know, it's left or right or, you know, and uh, this is what I'm supposed to say, but, but, uh, you know, your film here is complicated and I don't think people yeah. know exactly what to say. And that is really tough for people. So, and I think, uh, you know, I, I mean, I know we've talked about this, like Islamophobia has something to do with it. So I wanted to cue you guys to go off on that a little bit. Well, I think that, um, you know, from, from the film's inception, because it's a sensitive subject and because, uh, you know, there is this so-called quote unquote, like, uh, Islamic terrorism, which I, I never dare to connect this to Islam. This is for me, this is like the terrorism that we see in the name of Islam is, is all political 
based. Um, that's the origin and, and, and the reasoning behind it. Um, and, and it's and it has nothing to do with actual faith. Um, but but I yeah I struggled to when I walked away from that deal and they wanted me to keep it more of a documentary, which was safer than actually like humanizing these characters on complicated ground through narrative, you know, and through intimacy and, you know, things are not, not just like straightforward facts. Yeah, so many uh, people I, demanded that you just say terrorism is bad and like that's what the movie is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, like, and, and, I, and I was like, there's so many films about people who are considered the worst villains in society, right? And, and, and I think that's a positive thing. I think art is meant to allow us to process um, complicated things, you know, and to, and to like have a conversation around it that is, that is different than just what you could read through the facts in an article. Like that's why you bring it to the screen and you bring actors to like embody a whole host of emotions and show that it's not just straightforward. There's something we'll never really know. And, um, and so I, I felt like there was a struggle in, in, in just like the idea of making a fiction and raising money independently for that was very hard. And then even in the, in the distribution, you know, like the film went to Venice, it won over 30 awards. We attracted like this, like, all-star team of supporters, like my personal cinematic heroes, like Spike Lee, Spike Jones, Alma, Riz Ahmed, like, you know, like serious artists who have done very meaningful work in this world who are like, yeah, this film matters and it's important and everyone should see it. And, and yet there was still this fear from distributors. I got like love letters, like, you know, I should like hang on my walls being, from distributors being like, the film is beautiful and we, we love it, but we're a little afraid of it. That was my first, <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. And I remember saying, put that on, you know, send it to your mom and put it on the fridge. I said, put it on fridges, yeah. you know? But I told Dina right when I read that note, I said, print this, put it on your mom's fridge. <laughs> you know? But they didn't buy the film. <laughs> or, or like, you know, you know, Dina is the next like so-and-so director. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm so happy. You yeah, I'm so, I'm so happy you believe in me and you're comparing me to like these like great, you know, directors, but like, then freaking buy the film. I don't need your compliment. I need this film right. to reach audiences, you mm -hmm. know? And we did get I a couple. not selling us any tickets today. No. And so, and so I was like, you know, or I want to work with you on your next project. I'm like, cool. But what about this baby that I spent seven years trying yeah. to birth? Like, I'm not going to just like abandon her at sea. Like, no, like she deserves to reach audiences. And I yeah, know. It wasn't a concept for your, for your life. No. And I was like, and I know that it's done so well with audiences. I've taken this film around the world and like every screen has been packed and people are shell shocked after, you know, the, when the credits go up and there's such rich conversations that people stay for the Q and A and like, I'm like this, I know this film works well with audiences, but I need you to trust that it can. But there was a fear because it's like, well, we've humanized all these like dangerous men through cinema and who are all predominantly white. Like, you know, some of the greatest films like Taxi Driver, you know, like Taxi Driver is about a man who the whole film, basically the majority of the film, he's like trying to think of how he can like commit a, a terrorist act and, and assassinate, uh, you know, someone in office. Like, and then at the end, actually he gets an opportunity, an opportunity to save a girl instead. And he gets called a hero, which is so fascinating because it shows that people who sign up for these kinds of, for like religious, sorry, not religious, for like violent acts, usually it's about 
sadly being seen or having purpose. And it's like, if you gave that person an opportunity to contribute towards society, they could have, they could be like a great, like, they could be, they could contribute something. They like, like Hasna wanted to join the, the police force or join the army. She tried, she tried both and she got rejected. But like, this is someone who wanted to run towards the fire and like mm. experience something, you know? And sadly, she chose the wrong route, you know, when she mm-hmm. got rejected from the state. Um, but, you know, the, I did feel this double standard. I did feel like there was red tape around this specific story because she was a woman and she was brown and she was Muslim and she was caught up in this, you know, Islamic terrorist headline. And I'm like, but we've had, uh, like, you know, even in, I remember in Cannes, there was this film about an Australian mass shooter true story and they showed him as a child yeah they showed him as a child and they took you on his own emotional arc and there was like a standing ovation for the film in can yeah and like i didn't see the film i don't know you know but all but just on principle wait you didn't see, i thought you were with me that day no i i, I wasn't oh my, in my memory i missed oh, it wow. i missed it i missed it yeah 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 i missed it but on principle i'm like okay so it's okay if he's a white dude, you know what I mean? And he actually pulled the trigger. Mm. Hassan didn't kill anybody. She didn't actually kill anybody, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, there's even films like Jojo Rabbit, which like, you're like, it's a satire and you're laughing with with Adolf Hitler. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, it, and that gets like an Oscar, an Oscar win, right? Like, I felt like, no, you know what? I have to challenge this double standard and this fear, and she will exist on camera and she will exist in complexity because that's where we have to go in our storytelling. Mm-hmm. Because, and it felt like, sadly, it felt like because there was so much resistance, I couldn't help but like take it back to myself because I was like, oh, so you're saying that even me as Dina, as a brown Muslim Arab girl, if I, God forbid, did something bad or wrong, right? or criminal, there would be no space to have a conversation. Like, you know what I mean? Like I would be written off immediately as opposed to a, a white man, <laughs> you know what I mean? Who maybe there would be like, well, let's talk about his mental health. And yeah, we can yeah, make a yeah, fiction yeah, film yeah. about him. And, you know, and he was alone, like, you know, and that was just, that was, uh, that was offensive. And, and really, you know, reinvigorated my, my like desire to make this film. Cause I was like, absolutely we have to we have to let that we have to keep going and break through that you know through that that red that red tape or that line you know stopping us i think the jojo rabbit comparison is like really infuriating because that it's that it's like not questioned the jojo rabbit doesn't get questioned yeah and it's all okay like i hated jojo rabbit and i was i'm jewish and watched it and was like what the hell this is this is this is ignorant and cruel and then that your film we can't get into the complexity of it but that one doesn't need to be complex at all it doesn't need to answer anyone like if we were to question it oh my god i will eviscerate that film and then yours actually does hold up to criticism to questioning to standards but we're not allowed to yeah or like, if you want to tell, you can only tell the, like, it can only be through facts. I was like, well, And you have to end the film saying terrorism is bad and this is, don't mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. And obviously, obviously, 
the film says terrorism is bad. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. Yeah. Like anyone, that was one of our first things. Like anyone who watches this film and that's not their takeaway is like, whoa. Like, like it, it, doesn't, it doesn't romanticize this. You see no. how she's duped and how she's manipulated and how at the final hour, you know, she's screaming with dear life, trying to like, leave this terrible situation that she realizes it's, 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 it's a nightmare, you know, like, this is not the truth. This is not what she should be doing with herself. You know, like she wants a white person to weigh in and, and define it. Like, like you needed like a PSA in the end. Mm. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. 100%. And that's yeah. just frustrating. Like as someone who's in this industry, because we want more stories to be told from the Middle East and more people to tell them. But if we aren't give, being given the opportunities, it's like you can tell them as long as they like fit into this, um, like follow these rules. Yes. You know, but then, but, but we're like, but we have really serious stories to tell. Like, what is it only okay if it's like a story about a guy and a girl falling in love and, and you know, like, we have to fit into that we kind of like don't have that luxury of telling like I mean we do but you know like fun simple stories about love and just when we're dealing with so much more and I feel like in America they've told all they've told so many stories they have the freedom to tell the stories that now like there are different genres and there's comedy and there's this and there's that and whatnot but they did tell a lot of important you know, and they do touch on uncomfortable situations, but it's like, if you're Arab, you have to fit into a certain, you know, guidebook of allowances if you want to share a story. Um, and that's, I'm so happy that you still managed and pushed to get this out there and didn't let any of it um, affect, affect you. The baby exists, guys. Baby she lives. Exists. She she's lives. out there. She's out. She's, you, now, now you're not in control. Now she's like, mom, I'm like going to go live. <laughs> yeah. She's like, peace out, mom. That's it. Yeah. All right. You, 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 like, you like were the, the vessel. <laughs> it's a little bit, May, as you say that, it makes me think of like Black American film where for many years, like if you wanted to get a black movie into the marketplace, it needed to be, you know, gangster rappers or, you know, something about certain topics and everyone needed to be portrayed a certain way. And now, you know, I think that that, it's still not like fully there yet, but now we're getting black people in lead roles that have, it's sort of like the the Bechdel test for, you know, diversity, not just women, but like, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's like if if you're going to show a story about, what we would call a terrorist. You cannot show them with a heart. You cannot yeah. show them like, we, we don't no. understand anything about them. It just has to be like, this is bad and that's it. And right, it's just not black or white. And I know they know that. So obviously, you know, there has something to do with it being um, Muslim, like, you know, about Islam and that Let region. us tell our stories on our own terms. Let us tell our stories, guys. You know, Dina, you're going to see Tony. Uh, Antonio Campos told me about this one. He was on the Venice jury and it won. Um, it's called World War Three. It's an Iranian film that it, it it actually does like the sort of Hitler device, like the Jojo Rabbit Hitler device in a oh, way wow. that is really endearing. Yeah. Um, 
you'll watch it. I'm sure you'll talk to him about it tomorrow. Okay, amazing, amazing. Yeah, guys, like this this was so much fun, and I'm so honored to be here with you guys. You guys are you guys are awesome. I'm sorry I couldn't be on. I'm like have so many things going on, but really, no, no, no. both of you are. Um, where it was an amazing talk, and you guys are talking about so many of the things that like I live every day in the work that I do. So, I um, yeah, I really appreciate you both. Oh, thank you, Aaron. Yes. Thanks so much, and thank you, sure. yeah. thank you, Sean, for connecting the dots, thank and Sean. thank you, May, yeah. for for thank for you. for this beautiful time. And it just she's my sister, so it makes me so happy. That I love I get you to so much. Bring us so the conversation. Glad. Yeah, I can't wait for the world to see this movie. Mm-hmm. I love. And I can't you. wait for everything else you're gonna do. I know. I know. I was gonna say I forgot, but like I remember one of the investors that I was like pitching to. He was like, I'm giving you money for this film, not only because I think it's a, it's a great story, but because we have to free Dina. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> were you like, okay, or were you like, elaborate? No, I totally understood what he was saying. I was like, wow, it's that evident. He's like, yeah, you're completely consumed wow. by this. And it's like, it's beautiful, but it's also like, I want to see you liberated from it and wow. i was like wow okay <laughs> How, you know? for your liberation <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go watch it on screen right now <laughs> all right guys best of luck thank you so thank much you come, so back. Much. come back anytime you guys have things you want to talk about just hit me up and again Amazing. we'll be in los angeles okay. november 11th we'll be in los angeles at lamley noho november 15th at lamley monica and then we're expanding nationwide on November 18th. We've got like at least 50 theaters, but if we do well this weekend, we'll have much more. So yes, um, and tell all your friends. Yay. More, 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 yeah. more. Lots of prayers for that. Um, Sean, can you press Thanks, stop everybody. recording? Because I made you the host. Yes. So just go to the bottom.